Welcome to another episode. This is Barbara, your host, and I'm delighted to be here. I'm very, very happy. Um, It's been a hot minute since I've been here for the last time, and I have no excuse. I have no excuse. Um, I've been navigating my mental health, and today I'm going to talk about it. Before anything, though, I also want to talk about my snacks because it's something that I've become very passionate about over the last few years but especially over the last few weeks I've been I've been getting back on snacking and having lots of drinks throughout the day and I really enjoy food and everything in general like the whole experience of tasting and pleasure and food (laughs) as a whole, as a collective experience. Um, yeah, and so here's here, here we go. I'm just going to talk about my snacks for a few seconds. Um, so snack of the day is Christmas-themed popcorn. So the thing with these popcorn... Mm, mm, mm. They're so warm. They feel like a hug. Mm, Delicious. Mm -mm -mm. The thing with these popcorn is that I I would have not been able to save them for to save them from Christmas time till now. It's kind of weird because they're supposedly limited edition, but I found them at the grocery store a couple weeks ago, and of course I had to get them. (laughs) It's one of the those products that are very clean, very vegan friendly very healthy and wholesome and very overpriced as well but they kind of do justice to to, you know to all of those things um this might make me a very stereotypical gen z person or a very stereotypical i don't know what it is but i do i i love finding good products that i can rely on i'm not a very product driven person um I don't love food products actually um I rarely buy like yeah like snacks I love making my own stuff I love cooking I love using like vegetables and like ingredients like food ingredients rather than products but when I do find my products I stick to my products so this is one of them the brand is Serious Popcorn. I fucking love them. Well, the brand is, I, th- I think, Serious Food or something. Um, this is Serious Popcorn, and it's incredible. Um, and I thought that something so simple like spicing up your popcorn or spicing up your slices of apple or pear or whatever you're eating or even chocolate, I don't know, can make such a big difference. The other day I sliced an apple, and I was going to eat it with peanut butter, but then I sprinkled some cinnamon and some goji berries or hemp seeds coconut flakes like shredded coconut and it it became like this whole different elevated gourmet experience snack experience and it made me so much more mindful about what I was eating and what I was and what I was experiencing and the little pause that I took while eating my snack and that was very great. So I think this is that's the reason why I really love this this particular Christmas <laughs> edition popcorn. It's because it's full of spices. Like the only ingredients is like corn and those spices. 
and maple syrup, which is kind of wild. It's maple and cinnamon flavor. Um, kind of crazy. They just have maple syrup, cinnamon, natural maple flavor, nutmeg, cardamom. That's it. It's great. Um, also, my drink of the day, I went back to teas, and I'm doing a calming blend. That's pretty much chamomile, peppermint, lemon balm, and lavender. Um, I think that now that I'm having more coffee than usually, than I usually do, I'm starting to see the value in tea again. I, last, a couple weeks ago, I bought a big amount of tea, of different teas and different, like, moods and flavors. I wrote this piece a couple weeks ago about tea. And I weirdly started connecting different tea flavors to different experiences and times of my life. And I realized the big impact that some flavors and smells have. And I realized that there's actually some people, at least, at least, I don't know, speaking for myself, some people operate in flavors and and, and taste and, and color and everything. And I think that food incorporates all of those things and can actually encapsulate an era or feeling. So I, I got back to kind of having like my selected teas for specific moments and specific feelings and it's been quite grounding. So that's it about tea really. Mm. And yeah, uh, I hope that you've, <laughs> you've been snacking well. Um, it's today has been a very beautiful sunny day. Um, in the su- southern hemisphere, southern hemisphere, it's fall time now. The summer's over, which is really sad. Um, but fall time is now on, and it's slowly drifting into um, a colder season, which is kind of not exciting for me. I love the heat. I love the sun. But I've been really enjoying kind of this transition of weather and season in general I'm not a big fan of everything getting dark so early but at the same time it gives me the illusion that I have more time which is nice um so yeah today's a pretty beautiful crisp chilly sunny afternoon in Wellington New Zealand and I'm quite happy about it I can't complain I hope that you've had a wonderful week so far a wonderful month happy April and what the fuck that it's April already. <laughs> That's kind of crazy. Um, today's topic is uh, my mental health and how that connects to a whole collective experience. Um, navigating mental health has been very tricky for me ever since I was like 16 when I was aware of its presence and its influence in my life. And lately I've been thinking a lot about my mental health and I've been struggling and navigating stuff and I want to share. I usually enjoy having notes for my episodes, although everything is unscripted, everything is preconceived in my head days in advance. That's probably one of the reasons why sometimes I kind of disappear for a couple weeks and then I come back. Is because probably I'm overthinking what I'm going to talk about. So I think I'm kind of striving for the balance of like knowing, but also, you know, just like sitting down and seeing what happens 
which is kind of usually what happens. Even though I have notes, we end up somewhere else. Um, but yeah, I've been thinking a lot about this episode and, um, yeah, I'm like, oh, that was my hip. And even though I'm a little bit nervous, I'm also very excited to open up conversation around this, um, and hear your thoughts, hear your experience and, uh, yeah, I think it's very, very much worth, uh, talking about this regardless you know, you're in a different uh, headspace, you don't go to therapy, you do, you have your ways, I think. Um, It's become so normalized for uh, public figures to talk about their mental health and their journey with therapy, encouraging everybody to use uh, better help, no, encouraging everybody to go to therapy and stuff. But unfortunately, therapy is still a privilege and not everybody can can get it, can access therapy and professional counseling therapy, whatever it is. And I think that it's kind of wrong that we're pointing towards, we're kind of attributing the whole solution to this massive struggle, to like this mental health crisis worldwide, to therapy. I think that's such a big responsibility <laughs> that we're putting on health on mental health professionals I mean, yes, of course, it's a massive factor, but also, like, a great help. But I don't think it works for everybody, and I think that's that's still being so inaccessible and such a privilege. I think that we need to acknowledge that there's many ways of healing and navigating your mental health. Um, so that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. I had a very interesting conversation with my therapist. Just for some context, I have been going to therapy since I'm 16. There's been a few years. I'm 23 now, so it's kind of a few years. Um, there's been time periods where I don't really, where I haven't gone to therapy. There was maybe a couple years when I was overseas living in France where I was just not doing therapy, kind of. I think I maybe I did it like twice in like a year or something um but I do find I yeah I I I've enjoyed therapy it served me it served its purposes and I always look forward to my therapy session but at the same time I think it's taken me a lot as well a lot of time and energy I've I've invested a lot of that in kind of finding my ways to also deal and nurture my mental health and my well-being um that I think it's about finding a balance really and finding what works for you um and that's why sometimes I get I get a little bit pissed when I see these conversations about go to therapy go to therapy everybody should go to therapy like you you know whatever it's like I I think there's different ways around this um yeah although I also want to say this is a little disclaimer this is not professional insight this is not any sort of professional help if you're actually struggling um make sure that you yeah that you're informed on the resources accessible to you the health lines um the people around you this is just information on my personal experience and part of the collective that I've been also immersed in and experiencing so it's kind of like a little mix but it's not doesn't aim at all to substitute any professional help or support so that's a disclaimer for today 
Um, let's get started, everybody. Oh my goodness, what are we here for? Um, so, a couple weeks ago, actually like three weeks ago already, this has been in my mind so much that I've been avoiding sitting down and just putting it out, but here we are. Three weeks ago, I went to this, um, to this mental health event that happened in my city, um, and it was, it was pretty much an event of this NGO that this internet friend of mine runs, and she does incredible work around mental health, kind of vocalizing and giving platform to men's mental health. I think New Zealand is one of the top places in the world um, with suicide rates. Um, most of them are uh, by men, and it's definitely got a lot to do with the toxic masculinity culture and also, um, yeah, the lack of access to professional help and a lot of other factors. And this friend of mine runs this NGO and she does incredible work and she brings people over to speak in different cities and all that really wholesome stuff so I went to one of her events as her photographer and I was just documenting the event and I had no expectations when I went there I was just like this is gonna be a very wholesome event I love this shit I'm gonna you know it's gonna be good but I'm just gonna be doing my work right I just end <laughs> I just ended up in the front line crying crying my eyes out just listening to the testimonies of these men speaking about their journey with mental health and trauma. And it was very impactful. It made me think a lot about my mental health and my trauma, uh, which is kind of made me think about it in a different way. I think about it all the time and I try to unravel. It's become even a little bit of an addiction now, <laughs> but I kind of like, try to question everything that I think and everything that I know and I'm like mm, do I actually think that or did I did I just like hear that once when I was like you know younger or whatever I kind of like try to identify what but in a very obsessive point sometimes that kind of like brings me to this like rabbit hole it's kind of like the complete opposite of maybe like naiveness or something which is also not so good you know I think extremes are kind of delicate spots to be in so sometimes I'm definitely on the very obsessive um end where I'm just like oh where is this from whatever so I think this objectively this experience objectively allowed me to see myself through this more neutral lens through this lens that was not aiming to perfect myself or to like always be like constantly making myself like better and better and leveling up it was just like a very neutral approach to see kind of what I was experiencing in a way I don't know the thing is I went back home and I was extremely emotional and I was just like crying so hard and something that I <laughs> this is gonna sound so fucking weird but something that I started well not that I started but that I that I discovered last year as I was navigating my breakup it was just it was just to like lay down on my back when I was feeling like just crying and just like feeling like putting everything out just laying down, lying down, sorry, <laughs> lying down, looking up at the ceiling. Um, I love soft lights, so I have a lot of soft lights in my room, so I put them on. Um, or 
yeah and um i just kind of like yeah lay on my back and cry sometimes that's kind of satisfying i think the first time that i did it was once that i was in the bath and i was crying and then i came out and i just like laid down on my yoga mat and i was just like staring at the ceiling and for a few minutes just like devoted to the experience of you know feeling it and letting it out but then a few minutes later it was like absolutely fine like I felt just like very light and empty and you know kind of like oh satisfied um so some yeah when I feel like it's a very heavy something I do that and it's kind of like a little ritual that's become that's been serving me in that sense like just kind of taking the space and the time to let everything out in a very raw form um So that was one of those nights where I did that. And yeah, it was really interesting experience. Um, Made me realize that actually I I do have sometimes very low and dark moments where I, yeah, where I probably don't allow myself to be so in such a dark space. You know what I mean? Like sometimes I try to not like cover it at all, like at all. But I don't know. I kind of realized that and saw it for the first time and I was just like oh damn like I don't really at the moment have the space like I don't feel held in the space in a space where I can openly talk about my mental health so I think that it was like going to that event in a room full of people who were willing to hold space for others to talk about their mental journey was just massive for me because that's what I've been lacking you know like a space to talk about my mental health or just talk about things that we're navigating or something so that was quite revealing I think the fact that I realized that I was like wow I never thought that I was going to feel so lonely in that aspect so yeah I was a little bit scared about not not like scared but I was aware of my thoughts in that moment I think it really started helping me to see my thoughts as just kind of like visitors who are coming and going and not as def- not like defining features inherent in me or my personality just things that come and go um something like some thoughts are automatic some thoughts are just wandering in my mind doesn't mean that I produce them or that I you know or that they belong to me so that's really helpful to think but sometimes it's really hard to remember and to keep in mind so a few days later, I talked to my therapist and I told her the experience. Um, and she asked me what, for me, was mental health? Like, what was my definition of mental health? And even if you asked me now, it'd be really hard for me to define. Just because I think that it's one of those terms that are widely conceptualized in different ways. So I just didn't know what to say. <laughs> it was just, like, quiet, silent the whole time. Mm. So she told me that one of the qualities of mental health is the capacity to be or the ability to be happy and to love. Um, Where I feel like I love and I'm happy is when I feel like in my fullest, in my fullest form. So I definitely agreed with that. I was just like, oh, absolutely. Like it's kind of inherent an inherent part of mental health, being able to love and to, you know, uh, hold space, be appreciated, appreciate, you know, that's a capacity that a good quality mental health has, you know. 
and in those dark moments i lack that you know like i yeah anyway so we were kind of talking about it and it was really it was actually really important to realize that i need to have my own definition of a mental health so that i can actually kind of navigate it under my own terms if that makes any sense like under my own not not like perception necessarily but you know I think under my own internal knowledge sort of situation um so so then I told her about my dark thoughts and about some of these things that kind of come up sometimes and I know that they aren't inherent inherently mine but that they're sort of floating in there you know and sometimes come and I'm like I don't engage with them but I you know they're there they're present um which is something that many of my friends and many of the people I know and many of the speakers from that event for example for for instance they were talking about you know like these very scary thoughts that led them to ask for help in my case it, I think one of the reasons why I was like so shattered was that I was like holy fuck like I have these thoughts sometimes pretty often depending on what I'm navigating you know if I'm going if I'm like going through trauma or just had a really horrible experience or just had a break of whatever the fuck um and I'm like I have these things and I don't tell anybody you know what I mean I was just like I don't tell anybody and I don't know what other people's reaction might be you know I was just like I think that the reason why I I didn't do it when I had these thoughts in my head was because maybe I knew what the reaction was going to be or I thought I knew what the reaction was going to be so I just preferred to keep it to myself I don't know it's I guess I'll never know because it's just me assuming um but yeah I think this experience of having these thoughts is um just like dark thoughts that come around um it's sometimes yeah a collective experience um and uh yeah it was really interesting because when I told her this I was like terrified um of what she was gonna say or something but um she very calmly told me that um yeah I mean I can't quote her or anything (laughs) I don't want to be putting words in any of somebody else's mouth but reading my notes from that um session it pretty much got down to the fact that um that many of those floating thoughts that we have many like the root of many of those emotional crises many of those vulnerable moments come from our programmed minds and from our limiting belief system that we have that you know the things that we absorbed back when in our unconscious mind back when we were children you know what I mean I think kind of like our brains our unconscious brain mind kind of like stops receiving being so um receptive I think till you're like 12 or something like kind of you know a little bit bigger um yeah (laughs) And so it was quite interesting for me to think of 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 where I got these ideas from and like where exactly you know I I don't know sometimes I I I kind of brush through this whole 
um questioning of like where 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 because it's sometimes it's really hard to like just pinpoint moment moments so i was just like oh whatever uh, it's yeah i don't know it's worth mentioning that i think that it's just really interesting like seeing um such a collective pain around certain things and i think it's no coincidence that there's generational trauma um and there's generational pain for each generation that moves along you know i think that the sense of collectivity and like the or surroundings the events that happen everything just really impacts in life itself it's a traumatizing experience it's a it's a beautiful wonderful experience but it's also a traumatizing experience when where you experience all different sorts of sorts of things and and yeah and there's a big possibility of getting hurt loving getting hurt and uh, we process things differently and according to the belief system that um is kind of the created was created in our minds that was conceived by the by our family's beliefs or by our schools or whatever is when we start kind of developing this inner voice or this weird mind that sometimes gets louder kind of like the trauma the traumatized mind that gets louder in those very vulnerable and dark moments um at least that's in my experience um it's not necessarily something that I hear all the time that's why it fucking terrifies me because I you know it's it's kind of like still a very unknown shadow thing in my mind this is getting whatever anyways and so that was quite interesting um and I've been reflecting a lot about it and I must admit that I use tumblr almost every single day I've been using my same tumblr blog tumblr blog I've been using my same tumblr blog for 10 years, 10 years and a half using my same fucking Tumblr blog. I made my first Tumblr blog, which is this one when I was 13. And I was fucking obsessed with it. I was quite shocked realizing that most of what's on my Tumblr dashboard, of course, you know, I grew up, I unfollowed lots of the things that I used to follow. I started following other things that I didn't used to follow it was kind of more for me like a Pinterest situation, but I think I have like a special love for Tumblr. I don't, I just can't really encapsulate why this is a thing for me. But anyways, the point is I realized that my Tumblr dashboard at the moment, it's mostly things that I appreciate, things that I like, things that I even see around me that I've surrounded myself with. And it's pretty crazy realizing how much of the media that we consume, how much of the content that we grew up consuming, watching, making has really marked us. I realized the other day, well, a few months ago, back when I like (laughs) really, really got back into using Tumblr for like inspo, um, that many like my conceived my perceptions of like a perfect body a cis abled white slim body female body um 
we're all over on my Tumblr. And we're like, you know, those beautiful romanticized images of like women in bathing suits and like very beautiful stuff. And like also love wise, like the <laughs> like I used to have like these, you know, like people would repost things. Right. So like it was just like, you know, like sometimes like really artsy, beautiful, moody photos of like couples and all that. But like everything was exactly the same. You know, it was like slim, beautiful white people on repeat over and over again this was for couples, this was for, like, female perception sort of thing, and I was, like, and this was just a few months ago, and I was, like, holy fuck, I've been seeing this, I've been feeding my mind with this for literally 10 years, at the very least, because this is just Tumblr, imagine, like, films, cartoons, whatever the fuck, right, like, something else, I was just, like, I've been feeding my mind these images for over 10 years, they're different images, they're all beautiful, but at the same time, it's kind of the same content, you know what I mean? So I started unfollowing because at the same time, like I was navigating, you know, body dysmorphia and like, you know, making peace with my body and all that. And even though I, I fucking love my body and I think it's beautiful, sometimes I don't, you know what I mean? Sometimes I'm just like, I fucking don't. When I'm going to be on my period and when I'm on my period or before I'm on my period, I get bloated and I don't like, I I just, I just need to layer myself up because I don't like how I look. You know what I mean? And it's like not even how I look, it's how I feel and it's really crazy. Anyways, the point is Tumblr. So I realized, I was like, holy fuck, like many of the reasons why I find many things really beautiful or acceptable or whatever the fuck is because of things that I've fed myself with for years. And that was quite a big realization. I was like, that's really crazy. Um, And I think it's really interesting and powerful the way that we can tailor um, the things that we see. Kind of like we can refine the glasses by which we see life through. Through the content or through the stuff. Through the visuals. I don't know what it is. through um, Through our physical realities. Through what we see. Through what we connect with. Through what we interact. I don't know. I think it's... I think it's so interesting and it's kind of the same situation like I I'm very I have a special connection with spaces particularly with like my personal spaces so I whenever I'm I don't know wherever I am I usually make sure that my personal space feels safe and feels very mine and feels very homely regardless of where I am regardless of you know everything um And I think that's one of the reasons why it's so comforting to me just to like fucking lay down and lie down. (laughs) What am I saying? Lie down and like cry, naked cry, looking at the ceiling because I'm like really comfortable in my space and I feel held by my space. But the thing is like, I think it's just, it impacts so much, like way more than what we think. The space that we make for ourselves physically and virtually I think it's so interesting how we can see the influence of those two things in every single aspect of our lives. Because even though sometimes I don't feel like I'm held by others or by my close people, um, in that terrain, in the mental health kind of situation, conversation, I do it in my own space and I feel comfortable. Even though I'm fucking shattered and breaking and falling apart... 
I'm still si- sipping on my fucking calming tea. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because like, at least I'm providing myself with what, what I physically know that serves me and is good for me. Same thing online. When I noticed on my fucking t- Tumblr dashboard that I was just like still reinforcing those ideas of I, those ideas of ideals. Oh, that's kind of like a, those ideas of ideals. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'm just, the serious popcorn made me really sugar high now. Anyways, being sugar high is a thing, by the way. Is it? I don't know. Um, but yeah, the thing is, I, yeah, I, I, I just like, it's just really fucking wild to me to realize how, how many of those things and like, I don't know, like everything that I watched and still today reinforce like media, for example, that reinforces the beliefs that I already have do influence a lot of what I do, what I speak about, what I talk about. And it's it's also really beautiful and hopeful realizing that as I've been learning so much and as I've been investing so much time, like expanding my mind, having conversations with other people, you know, kind of redefining my values, my priorities. I've been noticing these things, for example, as with like the heteronormative, you know, representation of things online. I'm just like, this is so bullshit. Like, (laughs) goodbye. But of course, there's other things that are still uh, that I haven't really noticed or things that I'm generally comfortable with and that I enjoy you know like it's kind of still discerning that what belongs to me what doesn't sort of situation and it's a very fascinating uh trip (laughs) it's a very fascinating journey um I don't mean to say journey I actually meant to say trip and then experience but I think journey fits best um and yeah I I would I would um suggest you to um kind of see the importance of curating your space your physical and mental physical and virtual space that lead to a mental space I'm not saying that these things make you know are going to prevent you from having really dark thoughts or from experiencing meltdowns or mental you know anything but I think that there's a lot, like everything we do impacts everything else, you know, like I think that very, very simple things that add up to our well-being, to our inner peace really, um, really contribute for, um, for the really rough, dark eras to be navigated more easily bro I'm saying navigate so much I don't know what's up with my mind I yeah I I think I've also been writing a lot and just like using like navigate 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 maybe it's like my word of the month or something well I've been using it for like months now anyways this kind of started it's like starting to sound a little bit repetitive so I think I've made my point and that's my opinion and my experience I'm really interested in hearing what yours is and also yeah I the second point that I want to get on with is we've talked about kind of like an individual space which is like the internet virtual virtual space you know physical space you know like what supports you on your inner peace your well-being 
The second aspect that took me took me way more time to realize and see reflected in my life was the external aspect. I always grew up thinking, like hearing, thinking, listening, that I was enough. Like my company was like enough and that I probably didn't even need other others company or that I, f- I was feeling a certain way I could deal with it myself I think it's a very I don't know I don't know I don't know but I started realizing like how healing collectivity is and how connecting with others really serves our well-being and our mental health so during really really tough days experiencing these thoughts and ideas and questioning of so many things there were moments were when I was on my own that I was like questioning so much and I was in this fucking loop rabbit hole I was like oh what am I doing here you know getting really like kind of a mix of like comparing myself to others on social media kind of like the same story that we know so Moments like these, I was just like, you know, I'm so lonely. My presence is like, whatever. Like, you know, I get like these really insecure thoughts. But then when I'm somewhere else, when I'm like serving others, when I'm like in connection with other people and I'm like doing something for somebody, I'm like, oh my goodness, my life is impacting this other person's and that's fucking incredible. Like, I remember this time that I was super depressed after my gap year when I graduated high school because I didn't get into any university that I wanted. Or I, it was actually, I got into the universities, but when I took the decision of which one I wanted to go, it was too late to, like, accept the thing. So I just couldn't get in. Anyways, I didn't get into any of the schools that I wanted because I didn't take the decision to do so in time. Um, so I I was extremely depressed. I was really, really depressed. I was like numb. Like my, I was just numb about everything. And I remember that I was just like tired. I was just like, you know what? I've been like doing all these things, like traveling and like, well, well, like doing so much for myself, right? Like just treating myself, which was great. Very, you know, self-care, whatever. But I was like, you know what? I want to do something for some, like for somebody else, for other people. Like I've done enough for myself and I still feel fucking empty so if I'm going to be feel fucking empty and feel like shit, maybe I can at least like do something like be in fa- like, you know, be in service for someone, like at least do something with my time. I have nothing else to do. You know, like that was literally my life. I was just like, you know what? Like another year, I'm not going to university. So I might probably as well want to do something for other people. So I went to this volunteer program on environmental education and it was great. I remember because so, I used to have this, I think we're obsessed with, you know, with this illusion of, I mean, it's not an illusion. It's a thing, right? Like you need to be qualified to do many things in life. But we kind of get carried away with the idea that we need qualification for everything. And that if we don't have a certain qualification, we can't really do certain things, which is r- the reality in many aspects. But it's also an illusion in many others. And one of those is doing something for other people. Is adding up. You know? It's contributing. Is 
connecting or healing. So I was just like, I might as well want to do something valuable with my time for others. Because for me, I don't feel anything. Literally, that was my situation. And I just found so much healing and purpose. Like so much redirection and doing things for things for others. And then when I got back home, I remember that I was fucking disgusted by the way that people would just like treat the environment. Back then I was like, I still am pretty passionate about like that situation. But back then that I was like genuinely just hurt in general. I was just like, you know what? Like I, I just want to devote some of my, a chunk of my life to just genuinely in this case like educate people and like do something for others and you know be in service for other people so I just like started doing lots of like activist and community work and that was so healing that was incredibly redirecting that was incredibly like value shifting that was very very valuable because I just didn't see myself as like you know, loser Barbara who didn't get in in a university and she just, you know, she, whatever the fuck. I saw myself as like a medium. (laughs) This is getting a little bit. Anyways, I saw myself as like a medium or like as a channel, as a medium. Yeah. As a medium for other people to hear something different, to, um, find some, you know, find something. I don't know, you know, but I felt myself like that, It was not about that massive, um, that way of like massively impacting somebody's life and like, you know, the illusion that we have of like social media of like, oh, you need to be a bestselling author to preach on this and like you need to have X amount of followers to do, you know, like like in real life, it was just like, holy fuck, like even if like literally this one person who just who just came up to me and told me thank you so much and just we had a little chat that just literally made my fucking day. And I was like, you know what? If somebody, if my life here on earth is going to make at least another person's life feel like it's important, feel like they're being heard, feel like they're being seen. I was just like, you know what? I, I'm here for that. And I, I'm going to take that and I'm going to stay here for that. You know, like it's so fucking healing and incredible to realize that you're actually a channel by which other people can or other people are beings in general like if you're not a very people person like there's just so much that we can give externally that I think it's kind of bullshit that it's like oh you can't give what you don't have I mean if you don't if you feel like you're lacking love in your life you can still give love and you're giving somebody else that thing that you really crave and that's absolutely fine so I think that those weird terms of like I don't know there's just like weird general conceptions (laughs) and philosophies that we live by they're so stupid (laughs) and like they're not useful you know what I mean to me in my mental health it just giving and externally providing others with what I wish I was being provided or I had or you know whatever it's so healing because as I do it I also kind of do it to myself and receive it in a way so it's it's great 
a few days ago, back into the present moment where I was experiencing these horrible thoughts and horrible emotions, I went to work. Where I work, it's an NGO that deals a lot with like immigrants, youth, community work. I'm a chef there if I haven't told you. Um, but, but there's a lot of that. And as you may know, as you may probably know, if you listen to this show, I speak Spanish. So there's this family that comes into this like parenting program where they, it's with, with immigrants and refugees and they guide them through and kind of help them get settled in their country of choice. In this case, New Zealand. This family doesn't speak English. And the only person in the NGO who speaks Spanish happens to be me. I was having this horrible shit day. And when I was about to leave, I saw this family come in. I talked to them a few like weeks ago. Like I translated something for them because they don't speak any English at all. The other people don't speak Spanish. So I was literally bridging the conversation, which I think it's fucking dope. Like, if you can ever learn a language, like, you should definitely learn a language. It's, like, fucking incredible. But, I, you know, I was just, like, com- like, helping these two parties communicate. So that was great. And they were very grateful for me being there. And I was very happy to help. Anyway, so I saw these people. And I was, like, I was really happy to see them, right? And honestly, the reaction when they saw me just warmed my heart and made my day like the best fucking day ever and made me think of my purpose and not just like my purpose as a whole but I was just like you know what I'm here for a purpose and like it's fine because like imagine being in a like entering a place where you don't understand anything of what's happening you don't you don't understand the language at all you can't communicate and people can't tell like communicate to you like tell you anything because they can't nobody understands each other so obviously seeing me made made them really happy it was just kind of like a sense of peace and you know relief of being like okay at least there's somebody who understands me and who can literally help me communicate I'm not saying that I'm like you know I'm just saying that to me that experience was like me just serving as a tool for others to communicate which is kind of wild but this woman came up to me she's really she was really struggling and she was just like hey um you know do you think you guys can support me with um some something something as crucial and basic as like food for instance and I was like, absolutely. I've, I'm, of course, I'm going to tell them. And um, I, yeah, I talked to the people and they were just like, oh, absolutely. Like, let's do it today. Like, let's send all the support that they need today. Right. And I was just like, how insane and crazy that my presence in this time and space um, provided comfort, provided some light, some hope, some food to these people. How dare I, in my selfish mind, think that just because a few people that d- have not cared about me, that have not treated me the way that I would have treated them or the way that I treat them or, you know, X amount of worries in my mind, like how dare I think that I'm not worth it or that I should not be here, whatever the fuck is in my mind. 
because of these things while there's this family who are so fucking grateful that I'm here because they feel like they're being seen and heard that was just like a fucking spiritual incredible experience and I just didn't want to I just didn't want to not share that with you I think that there's a lot of a lot of ways that we can tap into this like reconnection and like reconnection with with purpose or with love unity with this capacity to be happy and to feel love and to love you know what I mean I think there's we can do it externally and we can connect with others and we can you know we can get out of our heads and feel stuff again so that's it for today it was pretty dense I'm actually so ready to just wrap this up I'm going to leave you with that. Um, but I'm so, so grateful for this space and for um, for having an audience and for seeing this audience grow more and more and more every single day. It's, it's so fucking crazy and mind-blowing. This is another reason why I'm very grateful and why I'm like, whoa, somebody's listening and somebody's, you know? Because um, at the end of the day, I'm not just sharing my stories. I'm sharing... Um, somehow um there's reflections of everybody on everything so I think it's quite special when you see parts of yourself out there um yeah so thank you so much for listening thank you so much for staying till right here right now I hope you have a wonderful week I hope you have um a gorgeous dinner snack or breakfast whatever it is that you're having and I will see you very soon and sending you lots of love and light wherever you are and everything will be fine no matter what it, what it is that you're navigating. Thank you so much. Don't hesitate on texting me at Amore Podcast on Instagram and I'll see you on the next episode. Peace and love.